in case you haven't consulted the calendar, or in case, like Rip Van Winkle, you've been asleep and missed out on what was going on in the world around you, today is December the 25th, and it's the day that we call Christmas Day. It's the day that a large part of the religious world sets aside to celebrate the birth of Christ. If you ask anyone under the age of 12, it's also the day that Santa Claus comes. Or some people even over 60, if you ask them, they'll tell you that it's the day that Santa Claus comes. In pulpits all across America today, there will be sermons on the birth of Christ. There will be sermons about peace on earth and goodwill toward men. There will be sermons that will detail the virgin birth of Christ and His being born in a stable. But I think that all of us are quite familiar with the facts of the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. I think we're aware of the angel that appeared to the virgin named Mary and to her espoused husband Joseph and all of the things that surrounded that. So I don't want to focus this morning on the birth of Christ or the events of the birth of Christ or the factual things about that birth of Christ. I want us to focus this morning on the coming of Jesus and what it can mean to us in a very real way. I want to think about what it's like for us when Jesus Christ becomes Lord of our lives. Because the great tragedy of our world is this. Though so many celebrate the birth of Christ at this joyous season of the year, for so many people, Jesus Christ has never really come because He's never come into their lives. So many people have never surrendered their lives to Him and made Him Lord and Master of their lives. So I want us to get a glimpse of that this morning. Just a brief snippet of what it can be like when our lives are surrendered to Jesus, when our stubborn will is surrendered to His will and we obey what He tells us to do. I want you to turn with me to the second chapter of the Gospel according to John. We're going to read the first 11 verses there. The third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and His disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bore it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants that drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, 
And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. What that passage tells us is that there was one day that Jesus got an invitation to go to a wedding. And it probably read something like this, Mr. and Mrs. Solomon Levi request your presence at the wedding of their daughter Sylvia to Mr. Jacob Ginsburg on June 20th at 7 o'clock in the evening at their home, 220 Main Street in Cana of Galilee. Now I want you to use a little bit of sanctified imagination with me this morning. And I want you to see Jesus getting that invitation. And it came in the mail and they looked in the mailbox and there was the invitation. And so Jesus talked this over with his mother. And as he talked it over with his mother, they discussed the invitation. And they decided that they would attend the wedding. And Mary could say, I could hear Mary saying, you know, I just know Sylvia is going to make a beautiful bride. And Jesus said, well, you know, mother, I think Jacob's going to be a very fine husband because, you know, I've seen him quite often at the synagogue. And the disciples would go because they knew that Solomon was going to put on a big banquet and they were going to all get a free meal. And that was all they needed to know. So the big day comes and Mary goes and Jesus and the disciples go to the wedding and they're all there and the other guests and the solemn ceremony is over and the wedding guests have all seated they're all seated at supper and they're feasting and having a great time and enjoying themselves and then an unthinkable faux pas occurs they've run out of wine and so mary comes to jesus and she tells him she says son the wine's all gone and then she looked at the servant she said now whatever he tells you to do you do it so Jesus told those servants there, he said, go fill six big water pots. Fill those six big water pots with water. And draw it out and carry it to the master of ceremonies of the wedding. Well, what do you know? They dipped their pitchers into those big water pots and brought out wine and not water. And it wasn't just any wine. It was the richest, best purest wine that had ever been served. And can you see the man there that's, the, they call it the governor of the feast, the master of ceremonies, the man in charge, he takes a sip and smacks his lips, looks over at Solomon and he says, old friend, you have done yourself proud. You've surprised us. Most people serve the best wine at the beginning and after people have kind of had their fill, they serve some that's not quite so good, but you have saved the best wine to the very end. Understand this. What Jesus did there is typical of everything that Jesus does. Jesus touches lives and makes them better. Jesus fills our hearts with joy and with peace. It's like the song that we sometimes sing. I sing it more often than some people would like for me to sing it. The longer I serve Him, the sweeter He grows. And then there's another song in our book 
that describes Jesus. Sweeter as the years go by. What Jesus did then and what Jesus does now is He saves the best for last. And Rabbi Ben Ezra, Robert Browning, the great poet, says, Grow old along with me. The best is yet to be. But that's only true if you're following Jesus Christ. Think back, for some of us as many years ago, to that time when you first came in contact with the blood of Jesus in the waters of baptism. And think how sweet that was. How sweet the wine was that day when Jesus washed your sins away. And then afterwards you had another great experience with Him along the way. And and it was even sweeter. And then along the way a sorrow came and sorrow broke your heart. And yet Jesus brought comfort to you. And that was sweet, even though your tears were bitter. But after life is over, Jesus is going to give us the sweetest time of all. That time when we will be able to enjoy heaven with Him and with our loved ones. Jesus always saves the best wine for the last. And for those who know Jesus Christ, truly, the best is yet to be. At that wedding in Cana of Galilee, there are some lessons there for what Jesus does and the impact He can have on our lives. If you look at that wedding and the events that took place, you realize something about Jesus. Jesus was a social person. He's going to a wedding. He's at a banquet. And what's He doing? He's enjoying fellowship with other people. Some people in our day and time and through the years, some religious people have drawn a picture of Jesus as a hermit. And when they do that, they're drawing a false picture of my Lord. Jesus was a man who enjoyed life. And Jesus wanted other people to enjoy life that same way. And Jesus still feels that way. That babe in Bethlehem's manger that the world celebrates today came so that you and I could have life and could have life more abundantly. That's what John chapter 10 and verse 10 tells us. Jesus did not come to suck the joy out of our lives. Jesus only wants us to give up the things that will hurt us and harm us. Let's suppose that you're sitting down to a table and it's filled with all kinds of good things to eat and drink. But there amongst all those good things to eat and drink on this table is one glass filled with poison. What would a good friend do if you were to pick up that glass of poison? Well, they would stop you. That's what Jesus does. He doesn't take the joy out of our lives. Jesus knows the poison of sin would damn our souls. So Jesus takes it away. And when Jesus takes it away, Jesus gives us something better in its place. Sometimes we read about those who 
want to go far away by themselves. They want to be alone. And they want to go to the mountains or to some island. And they have no communication with the world. What contribution can those people make to society? What contribution can those people make to their fellow man? Look around us. All around us, men and women are suffering and they need help. And that help does not come from a cloistered retreat. Jesus calls for us to live by the side of life's road and be a friend to man. He didn't hide himself. He was a social being. He went among the people. He ministered to their needs. Haven't we all known people? Haven't we known people that considered themselves too religious to smile? That there was just something about if they were a really religious and pious person, if they smiled or laughed too much or had too much fun, then then they weren't religious enough. Folks that were a solemn expression all the time. I've known folks like that. Some of them were religious folks. Most of them were funeral directors. Look like people that are on their way to having a root canal. And being around those kind of folks, that's like attending a funeral, a perpetual funeral. Let's have a happy religion. God wants us to be happy of all of the things God has created. You and I are the only part of God's creation that has the ability to laugh and to smile. With Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, we have a right to be happy. And Jesus was a social being. And He's still a loving friend that wants to enter joyfully into every aspect of our lives. But there's something else here. Jesus is concerned not just about the big things. Jesus cares. And He's concerned about the commonplace, everyday things in our lives. He was at that wedding. And Jesus was concerned when the wine gave out. And Jesus is just that interested in every area of our lives. He's interested in our business, our home, our education. Jesus is just simply interested in people. People like me and you. And He's interested in everything about them. You remember in John chapter 21 after the resurrection of Jesus? It's dawn. Dawn is breaking and Jesus meets His disciples on the seashore. They've been fishing all night long. And they have nothing to show for it. Jesus said, well, go back out there and fish from the other side of the boat. And it was then they brought up their nets loaded with fish. On the beach that morning, Jesus had a fire ready. And He told them to bring their fish and have breakfast. The amazing Christ, the babe that was born in Bethlehem's manger, the Son of God who had gone to the cross and conquered death, was interested enough to know that His disciples were hungry. 
And he had breakfast ready for them. The Hebrew writer tells us about him in chapter 13 and verse 8. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is just as interested in everyday things that concern me and you as he was those disciples. Because you see, Jesus came to transform life. There at that wedding, he took plain, ordinary water and turned it into luscious wine. He transformed it. And that's what Jesus does to all of life. He lifts the lower to the higher. He makes a garden out of the desert. He takes human pieces of clay and makes us fit to have fellowship with the angels. He changes lives. He took a profane, blundering, impulsive man like Peter and made him into one of the greatest preachers the world has ever known. He took a thunderbolt like John. John, who, along with his brother James, wanted to rain down fire from heaven on a Samaritan village because they hadn't shown Jesus proper respect, he took a thunderbolt like John and made him the apostle of love. He took a grasping, greedy tax collector named Levi and made him Matthew, the one that wrote the first gospel. He took a demon-possessed woman named Mary Magdalene and made her the very first herald of the resurrection. He took murderous Saul, the persecutor, and made him into mighty Paul, the great missionary. And there were others, so many others. There was Nicodemus. There was the woman at Jacob's well that had had five husbands and was shacked up with a man. There were the lepers, the blind, the lame, the deaf. And all of these people, Jesus transformed their lives when they came in contact with Him. He transforms all of life. The bitterest water turns into the sweetest wine at the touch of Jesus. Lives are transformed and changed forever by Jesus Christ. What Jesus did that day at that wedding feast, Jesus used other people to accomplish his purposes. He didn't have to tell those servants to draw the water out and take it to the master ceremonies at the wedding feast. He could have just spoken a word and that water would have become wine. But Jesus used others to help him. He called on the servants to do their part. Jesus was ready to do his part. You remember that time Jesus fed 5,000 people? He used a little boy. A little boy that had five loaves and two fish. And Jesus used that little boy's sack lunch and fed 5,000 people. When he healed a paralytic, he used four men to bring that sick man in front of him. When he raised Lazarus from the dead, he used men to roll away the stone. And Jesus still uses people, ordinary people like me and you. When we do our part, Jesus does his part. And he always gives in abundance. And the story of the wedding, you know, it says they had 
those pots had two or three firkins and there were six of them that actually amounts to about 120 gallons of wine Jesus always does things in a big way he wanted us to enjoy the stars so he made the heavens full of them when he formed the mountains he didn't just make a few little hills he made the Rockies and the Andes and the Himalayas and the Alps, great mountain ranges. He didn't just give us a few buckets full of water. He scooped out the seven seas. But better than all that, think about the grandeur of our eternal home in heaven. Grow old along with me. The best is yet to be with Jesus. Every aspect of life gets better as we go along. Those at that wedding feast expected good wine at the beginning and poor wine at the end. That's the devil's way. That's not the Lord's way. The devil makes things look good, but the end is better, is bitter and tragic. When you think of Adam and Eve and Eating that forbidden fruit, oh, it was pleasing the eye, tree to be desired to make one wise. But it brought sin into the world and brought death for them. Lot saw the well-watered plains and pitched his tent toward Sodom. It was a deadly choice for his family. Jesus promises everything better. And Jesus promises everything sweeter as we follow Him. Because with Jesus, life is always climbing toward a great climax. Living as a Christian, life grows sweeter and it grows better every day and reaches its climax when we meet Jesus face to face. When Jesus was there at the wedding, Mary said to those servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you to do, do it. In that same way, that's the kind of life we need to be living today. Whatsoever he saith unto us to do, do it. We need Jesus Christ to be Lord and Master of our lives. Because if Jesus Christ is not Lord and Master of all of our life, He's not Lord and Master at all in our life. And with Jesus as Lord and Master of our lives, living life His kind of way, truly, it will be sweeter as the years go by. Truly, the longer we serve Him, the sweeter He grows. Do you need to make changes? Do you need to make changes for Jesus to be Lord of your life? Can we help you make those changes? This is your opportunity to come and let us do that as together we stand and while we sing.